Hey there, thanks for checking out Discover Church's podcast. I'm Pastor Curtis Jones, and we are taking 2020 to go a year through the Word. So we want to encourage you to join us on a Sunday morning at 406 South Bedford Street in Georgetown, Delaware, and uh, keep up to date with everything that's happening with Discover Church by liking us and following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We can't wait to see you. Awesome. Well, I think some of you are awake this morning. Some of you are still trying to figure out that it's Sunday morning and that you can actually have a little bit of joy this morning. Uh, but uh, I know uh, for me, like I was ready to jam out uh, on uh, on Waymaker this morning. Scott, I was going to say it's just one of those songs. I think Scott, he just knew, he just knew I loved it, so he put it in there for me. I guess I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one. That's okay. Uh, well, welcome everyone. Welcome uh, to Discover Church. If this is your very first time being here, <clears throat> being here with us, uh, my throat is a little bit. Apparently, I sung too much for Waymaker. Apparently, but uh, uh, I just want to welcome you. Say thanks for being here. My name is Curtis Jones. This is my amazing wife, Amy. We want. The better half. I was gonna say we just wanna we just wanna welcome you here to Discover Church. And one of the things is this is your very first time here. One of the things we'd like to ask is uh, when you came in on your worship guide or in front of you in the seat in front of you, that you're gonna find a connection card. We'd love for you to take the opportunity to fill that out and uh, and actually they could come see you right at the end of service. I'll be at the exit, and you'll be out. at the exit service. And and this is not just some trick or ploy, right, to try to get people's information. No, I will not come visit you this afternoon. Um, you may get an email from us or a yep. text message, but we'll yep. not stalk you. But we just have a small gift we want to give you guys yeah. um, as an appreciation for coming by and checking us out. And and if you wonder what the gift is, it's worth it because it's a little bit of caffeine. So we have uh, in there a little bit of a Dunkin' Donuts gift card for you, so you can make sure you can start Monday off right and that you don't uh, uh, that you don't turn like into the angry Monday monster when you get to work. Okay, so uh, so we have that happening. But guess what? You also we have soap that we started. You want to share a little bit about? So soap? if you have no idea what what soap means when you see that hanging around in different areas. So it's soaking, observation, application, or scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Soaking scripture. There you go. So it is just a continuation of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. So we have these out in the foyer. You can look at them each day. We just have one chapter, not 20 chapters, not a whole book, just one chapter of the Bible for you guys to read. We're reading, so we all read the same one. Um, It gives you some guidance on how to just to dig deeper into the Word of God. Because you can listen to us all day. You can listen to a preacher on TV all day or a podcast. But until you dig into the Word of God, will you be truly blessed and have an understanding of Jesus like no other? Not only that, but the other really cool thing is, is that if you have friends that you come to church with here, if you're both doing it together, you actually have that opportunity to dialogue and have conversation about what you guys are reading together. So it's a really great opportunity. And I just want to add on another personal note here. Uh, I really, again, want to encourage you uh, on March 3rd for Encounter Night because Encounter Night is going to be awesome. Like Frank said, uh, we were out of town during February's Encounter Night, so we missed it. But uh, we got to listen. I got to listen to the message afterwards, and, it, and Frank was right. It was it was on point. It was good. Uh, but this week or this month, I'm sorry for for March for our encounter night, we have Pastor Drew and Lift Church coming. And the cool thing is, is Lift Church is actually one of the churches you help sponsor and partner and get off the ground. You financially supported them, and they're over in Salisbury meeting at the Regal Theater, and they are blowing up in Salisbury, doing some really awesome, awesome stuff. So we're excited for that. Uh, for for that. But uh, if you would, would you my wife uh, is just amazing. Would you do me a favor? Would you give her a clap for me as she's going to come down? Yep. 
if uh, if I ever look somewhat put together, it's because of her, okay? And if I ever don't look put together, it's because I diverted from the plan, all right? That's what happens. That's how, that's, that's what that means. And for most of us, most husbands, that you could probably say that about your wives, but it's especially true for mine, and, uh, and, and we have that. So I've got a question for you this morning. So we are kind of in the midst uh, this morning of, uh, of what we're calling a year through the word, right? So we're not necessarily taking this uh, a scripture by scripture, but we're kind of picking and choosing some, uh, we're going to be going from the Old Testament to the New Testament, kind of back and forth again throughout, uh, to look at some stories from the scripture that maybe you know because maybe you read the Bible or maybe you're a little bit unfamiliar with this morning and we're going to uh, to kick off today. We're going to be in uh, the book of Genesis and if you have your version Bible app, if you go to the bottom there of your version Bible app, there's a little tab that says more, then you can click on a tab that says events and it'll pull up Discover Church DE and then you click on that and you can actually follow along with us. It has all the, the scripture and stuff right in there so that you can keep Keep up with us today uh, as we go through. That we're going to be in the book of Genesis today. But uh, as you're kind of getting set and getting ready for that, uh, have you ever thought this question? And hopefully, I hope you didn't think of this question this morning. But uh, have you ever thought, you know, uh, my life just isn't quite what I thought it would be? Right? Did you ever you ever sit and think that you know things in my life didn't happen like maybe you pictured when you were younger, or maybe if you still are younger, it still doesn't look like it like you thought it was going to. But do you ever have that moment and say, you know, this is not quite what I planned uh, for my life? You know, I, I and listen, if you want to know what that feels like, uh, I drive a Burgundy station wagon. Okay, so 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 sometimes I roll around town, and I know that probably people are looking at me like, "What is he doing?" It's okay. Uh, she's she was paid for. She's free. You know what I mean? So she's getting me them miles. But every once in a while, you you know, I'll hit my head on that car and be like, "What is going on in my life that I'm driving this Burgundy station wagon sitting on the?" ground. You know, some of you, maybe you have, you, you maybe had that when you were young, you had a dream. And, uh, you know, for Amy and I, uh, when we first met, uh, we were involved in church, but we weren't really in ministry. And so for us, you know, it was a little bit uh, of a different thing. You know, I was uh, thinking about becoming a teacher. I was gonna, uh, going to school for that at the University of Delaware. Uh, she was in real estate, and she was just doing an amazing job down to the beach, uh, just just dealing with the, the, some of the best, most loving and kind and cherishing people in the world. That is a total joke because if you know anybody who comes to rent, sometimes they, they can always be a little bit bit difficult. But she was doing an awesome job there. Uh, but then the opportunity came for us to become involved in full-time ministry for the beautiful paycheck of $400 a month. That's right. That was not a week, folks. That was $400 a month. So let me tell you, you really got to love Jesus uh, to be ready to step into that, right? Uh, and we were newlyweds, so we were stupid, and we had no idea what we were doing, and uh, and we just were, t- you know, working jobs as they would come, and we were doing everything we could just to, you know, to, to earn a little bit extra, and we built a house in the middle of all this. And, and you know, sometimes, you know, as you're looking around, and we're sitting there. I remember when we moved into our house, uh, we, of course, we had really didn't have much of anything. I think for the first, like, couple of weeks before we had anything, we were, like, sleeping on the floor on an air mattress, you know. And, and it's at that moment, you're looking around going, is this really the life we dreamed for ourselves? You know what I mean? What have we done? You know, what, what has happened, you know? And, uh, and, and so maybe you've had experiences 
like that in your life, you know, where maybe you had a great dream that went to a good dream, that went to an okay dream, that went to a where did I go wrong kind of dream, like a moment, you know, uh, or, or maybe you had a great dream and it went from a great dream straight to a nightmare, right? It was just one of those times where you were just like, what what happened? You know, uh, for some people, you know, you, you, you had uh, the marriage and it was till death do you parted and you were just waiting. You couldn't wait for the other one to die. And, and so, no, I, I'm joking. That was wrong. We're going to cut that out of the podcast, okay? So you were the only ones that get to hear that, okay? No, no, but no, but for some of us, right, you, you know, the marriage, you know, the job, uh, even the children or, or, or the, the family life that we had just was not what we thought it was going to be, you know what I mean? You know, we thought we had the perfect home, but then we were broken. We lost it. You know, we had to move. We had to sell it. You know, you had to, to, to go to one with wheels on it. You know, come on, somebody, you, you've lived that life, right? You've lived that dream of, of where you had the dream and it somehow went way off in the left field there and you didn't know what in the world and how to get back, you know. And, uh, you know, we know, uh, you know, where we, we spend all the money to get the degree and you graduate and then you find out that you, you can't get a job in that degree and you're trying to figure out how to pay off student debt and what to do, you know. So, so the question is, is when all these things happen, what do you do, you know? What do you do? Do you stop dreaming? Do you stop dreaming? Do you just just turn from a dream mode into just survival? And today we're going to actually take a look at a story where somebody, it's probably one of the stories in the Bible that if there's somebody who had a really good excuse on where to give up and throw in the towel and just say, you know what, bunk it, I'm done, you know, that is going to be today's story. And we're going to be looking at Joseph today. And Joseph, uh, we find that Joseph, uh, his life looked like he had a dream at the beginning of it. It really did. You know, his life, his life had a dream because he had a lot of big plans. But then we find out here, and this is our first point, that guess what? Life happens to everybody, right? You know, this is where you get to saying, when it rains, it pours, you know. And you say, well, you know, you might have had a bad day or a bad week or a bad month. Well, Joseph, turns out, he had like a bad decade, okay. Like, it wasn't just a day or a week or anything. It was a, it was a pretty extended time, you know. Sometime from around the time he was, give or take, 17 till around 30, he had he had what we would call a rough go of it, okay. You know, and, and just to go through Joseph's story here, you know, uh, you can you can read all about it in Genesis. Uh, 35 through uh, 38, but uh, but what we find here is Joseph's story. He had uh, the dysfunctional family. I'd ask you if you have a dysfunctional family, but they might be with you today, so I don't want you to raise your hand and get in trouble for that. So, but Joseph, he had the dysfunctional family, right? Uh, his dysfunctional family included, included four mothers, eleven brothers, and his mom uh, died during childbirth, and so he was raised by a stepmom. He was dad's favorite son. You know. He even got, of course, you know, he got his, his his flashy coat, his coat of many colors, you know, just to strut around, just to show his brothers how awesome he was and how sucky they were, you know what I mean? Like, so so he had a, a lot of drama, and how many of you can imagine that anytime you have four wives uh, living in the same spot, you're probably going to have some trouble, right? There's going to be a little bit of drama, all right? I only have uh, one wife and one daughter, and there's drama in my house sometimes, okay? I'm not going to say who started it because she's sitting on the front row looking at me, okay? But, uh, but, but it, it's easy to have that drama, right? You know? 
So we find, we find for Joseph, right, in the midst of his dysfunctional family, and as bad as you think your dysfunctional family is, we find that Joseph had dreams, and he really didn't quite understand, and he was trying to interpret and understand these dreams and what it would be, and Joseph's number one problem is, is he liked to talk about it, and because he would come to his brothers and say, guys, you won't believe this, but I had a dream, and, and you guys were all bowing down to me. Well, how many of you would have a younger sibling say that to you, and that you wouldn't want to just pummel right in the head, right? You're just going to be like, say what? I will knock you out, you know what I mean? So this is the, the dysfunction that Joseph is sowing into, and, and, and what happens is he was told to go check on his brother, and, and that really starts his, uh, his kind of downward spiral, because then after this, we find that he was betrayed by his brother. He was thrown into a dry well uh, while they ate lunch, and they hacked, uh, hatched, hatched a plan as to how far what they were going to do to him. Uh, some of them wanted to kill him, you know, and somebody says, no, we can't kill him, you know, and the other one, you know, maybe feeling a little bit guilty about it, so he says, no, well, listen, we'll not kill him, but what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to sell him as a slave, because just at this time, some slave traders were coming through the area. They said, we're going to sell him as a slave. So then what we find is Joseph is stripped down. He's sold into slavery. And through the transaction, through the, through the ways that he gets to point A to point B, he goes from his homeland over to Egypt. And he's, and he's sold to Potiphar. And, and as we find out, he actually does really well, even though he's a slave, right? He's a slave in Potiphar's house. We find that he does really well because it turns out that Joseph is actually a good guy. He, he, he makes some stupid decisions like we all do. But other than that, listen, he has a good heart. and He actually loves God, and, and he, he wants to do the right thing. And so we find that while he is sold and he is in Potiphar's house, uh, Potiphar's wife uh, had a little bit of an eye for Joseph. And, and she tries to seduce him, and that that doesn't work. And then when we find that uh, doesn't work, and she says, well, listen, you're, you're just a slave in my house. I'm not going to have you refuse me. So what do we find? We find Potiphar's wife falsely accuses him of rape, falsely accuses a man who, who's actually just trying to do the right thing, trying to honor the person that he works for, and, and just trying to do what he, the best that he can do in, in a really horrible situation, right? So though he's falsely accused of rape, and Potiphar knows, that, you know, I, I think it's one of those things that is you read this story, you kind of get a sense that Potiphar's wife, this probably wasn't the first time she had had an encounter like this. And we probably get a sense that Potiphar probably didn't necessarily think all that serious that Joseph really did this, but he couldn't let it stand. So we find that Joseph is thrown in jail after being falsely accused. And while he's in jail, what we find is Joseph uh, being imprisoned with a cupbearer and a baker. If you don't know what a cupbearer is, that's the person that, uh, that stands next. He, he makes sure that the king has all the liquid refreshment that he wants. He also makes sure that there's nothing wrong with it, that it's not poisoned and, and, and stuff. So it was an important thing. We have the cupbearer and the baker that came from the king that were also in jail for different, different, uh, different reasons. And both of these men end up having dreams. And, 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 and so they come and they're talking about it. And they talk it over with Joseph. And Joseph is able, through, through some divine nature here, he's able to actually interpret the dreams that these two men have. And he tells the one, well, hey, you're going to get restored. 
you're actually going to get put back to your job. It's going to be great for you. And the other one says, hey, buddy, I, I hate to tell you this, but your life is over. You're about to die. You're going to get put to death. And, and, and just exactly as Joseph said is exactly what happened. The only thing that Joseph was hoping was that for the cupbearer, that after he got out, that he was going to remember Joseph, and he was going to remember that he had the abilities to interpret dreams and to, to, to realize the person that Joseph was. So in the midst of this, though, we find that what happens, the same thing that happens to us. You do something good for somebody, and what happens? They forget all about it. So we find Joseph in jail, forgotten by the cupbearer. And, and, and this is where we're going to get ready to pick up the story here in Genesis 39, chapter 2. But here's the question I have. is If I ask you, what was something that was in your life that happened to you, or maybe there was something in your life that happened by you that, that took you too far, too fast, that maybe was a rash, deci- or a rash de- decision that you made, and that when you made these choices, when you made these things, that when you said these things, that you ended up having to deal with the consequences of them. We all probably have moments like that. I, I know I have moments in my life where I've said stuff, done stuff, and that we had to deal with the consequences of it. But we find that Joseph here, Joseph has a unique story to tell. In Genesis 39, uh, verse 2, it says this. It says, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian masters. And then it goes on uh, in 39, verse 20 and 21, and it says, But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him, and he showed kindness to him, and he granted him favors in the eyes of the prison warden. So we find that basically everywhere that Joseph is, because of his heart, because of his nature, we find that God prospers him. He blesses him everywhere, no matter what the horrible situation he's put in. He still prospers. In fact, he prospers in jail to the fact that the prison warden has him kind of in charge of the prison. So everywhere he goes, just stuff happens for him. You know, life can often happen to us, and, and, and I'm sure it's happened to you. You know, uh, it, it, it was one of those things, um, uh, I know Lou and Gina, the, Gina, her dad, had to have surgery this past week. He came up from North Carolina and has had just, like, if you listen to the story, it's a crazy thing. He goes to have surgery. They open him up. Nope, we can't do it. We close him up. They go back to try to do something again. Nope, we can't do that again. Oh, nope, we got to ship you to a different hospital. And, and I'm sure it's for their whole family. It was a point in time where they're sitting there going, what in the world is going on here? Like, what is happening? Life happens, and when life happens, it kind of punches you in the face and makes you go, what is going on? Does anybody have any clue what is going on in the world? But we find this, we find this, is this is what it says out of John 13, or I'm sorry, John 16, 33. He says, in this world, this is Jesus. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. Well, that's not what I want to hear, Jesus. He says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And this is one of those ones where like, wait a second, I don't want to be, I don't want you to talk to me about the scriptures, about the troubles in life. I want to hear all about the life and the peace and the, the, all the good stuff, all the promises, the really great promises. And he's like, no, 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 you're, you're missing the point here because guess what? I, I, I've given you a good promise. You're just hearing the trouble part because the promise comes at the end when he says that I have overcome the world. 
You know, if you believe that Jesus is the Lord, and, and, and listen, this is the one thing that distinguishes us from others is that God is for us. And that even in the midst of those situations that you're in, when you're shaking your head, when you have no idea, when you got that letter in the mail, when you got that phone call or that text message that just happened, and you're just like, what? What is happening? One of the things that we have to understand is that God is for us and not against us. And that Jesus has come and he overcame the world in order for us to have that, that, that assurance, that peace and that knowledge to understand but here's the thing that you have to understand, and this is point number two, is this, that you can become bitter or you can become better. One of the things I love about Joseph's story, right, is that Joseph actually, he, he takes the time, he, he understands where things are in his life, and he understands, listen, he could sit around and throw a pity party all day, all day. And in fact, some of you are, are probably like me, I'm pretty good at throwing a pity party for myself every once in a blue moon. I'm pretty good at it. And well, let me tell you, when that happens, I, I, you know, I feel pretty bad about myself the whole time. And I'm not proud of it, you know what I mean? Because I'm throwing a pity party for me and nobody else, and that's just how that's all it is. But, you know, we, we, listen, we got to think about what Joseph has happened to him. His brothers betrayed him, you know? What was he thinking when that happened, when his brothers betrayed him, you know? When we think about the story uh, of Joseph, we see that, that life Life happens. Life just kind of comes, and it smacks you in the face. And in Genesis uh, 39, verses 2 and 4, here's what we find. And this is what we need to understand today. It says that when his master saw him, one of the things that we need to understand here is that, guess what? People are watching you. People are watching you because, listen, they were watching Joseph. They were trying to figure out what was going to happen in his life. And it says this, when his master saw him, he was watching him, that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in every single thing that he did, Joseph found favors in his eyes and became his attendant. It says Potiphar put him in charge of his household and entrusted, uh, he was entrusted to care for everything he owned. Let me tell you, how many times in your life do you have so much trust for somebody that you would turn everything over to them and let them run with it? That's the kind of trust that Joseph in, it just enveloped that he had with Potiphar. He just he had that kind of thing. There's not too many people in my life I'd be like, oh, okay, well, here's my bank account numbers, and, and, this, and here's this, and here's the keys to the house, and here's my keys where I keep my car, and you can just, you know, you know just, just make sure everything goes right. That's exactly, though, the kind of trust that, that Joseph had from Potiphar. And we see in Genesis 22 and 23 that when we read this passage here again, it says this, it says, so the warden put Joseph in charge of all those who were in the prison. What kind of prison do you got going here, man, that you put one of the prisoners in charge of the entire prison? This is what happened, though. And he was made responsible for all that was done. And the warden paid no attention to anything that happened under Joseph's care. Because the Lord was with him, and he gave him success in everything that he did. Isn't it funny, though, that, you know, I, I wouldn't say sometimes, you know, I, I go through where I, I don't feel like I have a, a strong prayer life, right? 
And one of the things that you find in Joseph, you know, maybe you feel like this sometimes where you don't have the best prayer life or you don't feel like the strongest worshiper or maybe you feel like there's times you fault, right? But, you know, through everything that was said about Joseph, it doesn't say that it was because of his prayer life. It doesn't say that, it, you know, all, all these lists of things, it, 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 he wasn't bitter about the things that were happening in him, but what he did is he kept believing in God's promises because one of the things that I think Joseph remembered through this entire ordeal, everywhere he was, was guess what? He remembered that a long time ago, his dad gave him a coat of a lot of colors, right? That was a highlight for him. But one of the things that happened during this time is he remembered that God gave him a dream. The dream represents the promise. Some of you, God gave you a dream. He gave you that vision but somewhere along the way, you lost it because of the stuff that happened in life. You, you, you lost it. You had that purpose, and that vision. You knew exactly what it was going to be. You knew the difference and the change that you were going to make in the people's lives around you. But, but you lost it somewhere in the way. And, and, and here's what I want to tell you today, that we got to hold on to that dream. we got to realize that, guess what, when God makes a promise... God makes a promise. The last time I checked, every single one of them that he made in the Bible has come true. Every single one of them. You know, is, is, is there anything in your life that, that you would trust everyone to? It, it, you know, if there was somebody in your life that you would turn over your bank account and your keys to your house and the, the, you would let them watch your kids and, and you would just pull everything over to them, I got a question to you. Would they be an angry person? Probably not. You know, would they be uptight? Would they just be bent? Would they just have that snarly look on their face? Is that a good snarly look? No, I, I don't snarl very well, I guess. Or, or would you want somebody that has a positive vibe to them? Would you have someone that has joy, you know? Would you want somebody that just got a flat tire but is just so excited about it? Don't you hate those people? Sometimes you're just like, how are you so happy? <laughs> Jeez, Jesus, shut up. <laughs> ah. <laughs> but that's the th kind of thing that happens in life here, right? We need to ask ourselves the question, when these moments happen, people are watching us. What are they saying about us? What are they looking for? And, and how easy is it for us to get bitter or discouraged? You know, uh, listen, when that all happens, guess what? It, it's so easy. Listen, if you want to be hurt and discouraged, stick around church for long enough, okay? Because it's going to happen because we're people and we do stupid stuff, right? I've been in ministry a long, a long enough time that I've been hurt, I've been discouraged, I've been disheartened, and, and it's been one of those ones where you feel like, why in the world do we go through what we go through? But when it all comes down to it, I have to recognize that it's because God has made a promise in my life. He gave me a dream and a plan and a vision. And it's something that I hold on to, even in the hard, dark days, even when I don't feel like doing what all the stuff is I have to do in a day. You learn something through it. You, you learn that, guess what? We can respect others and the leaders of the people that we have to work with and we deal with. We learn how to treat others through all of it. Because, listen, if God is in it, if there's something about God in it, you have to realize there's going to be a purpose to everything that is going on, to everything that has happened. Because we find in this, this is my last point, number three, is this. There's always a story 
behind the story. There's always a story behind the story. And listen, the story behind Joseph's story is, is one that's off the chain, right? You know, it, it, because we find this in Genesis 45, 5 through 8. He says, and now do not be distressed. Do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. You say, wait a second, who's Joseph talking to? Well, wouldn't you believe that through Joseph's life, he ends up getting out of prison because the Pharaoh has a dream. Joseph is able to interpret the dream. And in turn, through some what I would call miraculous things, Joseph ends up being put in charge of all of Egypt. Now you say, okay, what does that mean? That means Joseph was second in command of all of Egypt. You know, you talk about having the bank account and keys to your house. Well, he had that for a whole nation. And not only did he have it for a whole nation, but he had it for what could be argued as one of the most powerful nations at the time on the planet. On the planet. Like, he just has the whole thing. I mean, he, he, he has everything. And so what we find is that Joseph is the one to interpret the dream from Pharaoh that there's going to be some good years and that there's going to be some bad years and there's going to be a drought and famine that's going to come. So in the good years, we need to make sure we save everything up so that we can feed everybody and take care of everybody. Well, because of Joseph's excellent planning, excellent, excellent diligence, because guess what? God blesses him in everything that he does. We find that Joseph does so well that Egypt is, Egypt's done great through this drought. In fact, everybody else is coming to them for food and for, uh, for supplies because nobody else, everybody else has run out of everything. Nobody, nobody's seen this coming except them because of Joseph. So in, Gen- Joseph, uh, in Genesis 45, we says, see Joseph talking to a group of guys that have come to visit him. He says, don't be angry with yourselves. You know who these guys that he's telling don't be angry with? It's his brothers who happened to walk in the door to come to ask for food. They had no idea when they came in, when they walked into the city that day, that they were going to come face to face with the person that they sold into slavery and that has led uh, uh, what would, uh, by all other accounts, be a really hard life of being sold into slavery and put into jail and falsely accused and, and all these things. But we find Joseph saying, guys, listen, don't worry about it. He says, don't worry, you anger yourselves with selling me here. Because it was to save the lives that God has sent me ahead of you. He says, for two years now, there's been a famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and there will be no reaping. But God has sent me ahead of you to preserve uh, for you and for the remnant of the earth and to save your lives by the great deliverance. He says, so then, it was not you who sent me, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, the lord of the entire household and ruler over all Egypt. But sometimes we struggle, right? Because maybe you were let go of a job and you felt that, that you were done wrong by. You, you, like, it just wasn't handled right. They owed you money. They owed you time. You did all this work for them. Maybe it was for your security deposit. You went and you, did, you made sure the house, the, the rental was clean. It was immaculate. But yet you lost all of that money. What can we do? Joseph had a dream. 
And when Joseph thought about his dream, and he thought about how it was going to be so cool that his brothers were going to come and they're going to bow before him. See, Joseph could only see one narrow, narrow scope to this dream. He couldn't see the whole picture. He didn't get to see the entire map and the journey that he was going to get ready to take until the end. And then I can almost imagine it, right, when his, when his brothers all walk in and they're coming, they're saying, you know, we, we need to buy some food from you guys. Our, our, our families were, you know, we're, we're experiencing a ma- massive famine. We have, we have women and children that can't eat. You know, we're going to starve to death. We, we need this food. I can almost imagine like seeing Joseph standing there in the front of this room, this immaculate room, this, this, you know, that represents all the power and the might of Egypt, right? And him having this light bulb moment where he's like, okay, God, I get it. I get it now. I had to go through all the pain. I had to go through the heartbreak. I had to go through the separation of my family from my friends, from the people I cared about. I had to be beaten. I had to get put in prison. I had to do all of that. Because if I hadn't done all of that, my own family, the ones that I loved and cared about at the very, very beginning, they wouldn't make it. They wouldn't have made it through. How many, how easy is it then for me and you, for me and you to walk through things like this? Where, where, we, where we're kicking the ground and, you know, we're upset and, you know, we get angry at God and we get angry at other people and we're like, this isn't fair. How did this work? I, I can't believe all this stuff happened to me. This isn't right. This is not, you know, when I read the Bible, it tells me about God's promises. It says, you know, he's going to be a blessing to my life. And he says, he's got nothing but good things for my life. And you say, but this isn't good. Nothing I'm experiencing is good. Man, how easy is it for us then to want to throw in the towel or say things that we don't mean or do things that we don't mean and, and just, just allow the monkey wrench just to get thrown into the whole thing and just cause the whole system to explode? How easy is that? But here's what we have to realize. Joseph suffered. One man suffered. And because of one man's suffering, he saved an entire nation. An entire nation. So here's the question I have for you today. I want to ask if you would, would you stand with me? Here's the question I have for you today. Are you willing to go through some stuff? Are you willing to go through some some pain? Are you willing to go through some heartache? To save the nation? Are you willing to go through, through some things so that on the other side of it, your children experience what it is to have life? Are, are, you, are you willing to go through some things today so that your grandchildren can do something different than what you had to go through? Are you willing to do today, to suffer today, to go through the pain today so that you can see life brought to someone else tomorrow. Here's what we find. We find, listen, Jesus says, 
you're going to have trouble. You're going to have pain. I can't make that go away because guess what? There's sin in the world. He says, I didn't start it, but I'm here to finish it. I'm here to cause the conclusion to the end of this, right? He, he says, you're going to still go through stuff. I can't help that. I can't help the pain and the heartache part. But, but what I can do is I can allow some comfort to come. I can allow the promise to come to where, guess what? That you know through the stuff that you walk through in this life, that the, the heartache and, and, and the tough times that you walk through now, that you can realize that on the end of it, on the other side of it, there's something glorious. There's something incredible to happen. There's a promise. There's a story to be told on the other side of this where life will be breathed into other people. But the question we have to ask ourselves today is are you willing to go through it? Because listen, Joseph had multiple, multiple times when he could have done anything he wanted. He could have said, you know what? Potiphar's wife come to him. He could have said, you know, it's just easier to go with it. Let's just go with the flow. But if you would have done that, guess what he would have never done? He would have never met the cup bearer and the baker. Listen, he, he could have said when he got in prison, he could have said, you know what? I tried to do things God's way, and because of that, it got me here, and I'm not doing nothing anymore. I'm just going to sit down here on the ground and just wait, wait it out, see what happens. I'm not doing nothing. But because of his heart and his obedience, guess what happened? He got put in charge of the entire prison. He could have got mad at Pharaoh. He could have gave him some wrong information. He could have just held out some stuff. He withheld some things. But he didn't. And because of his obedience, he saved a nation. And really, when it comes down to it, he didn't save one nation. He saved two. He saved the people of Egypt, and he saved the nation of Israel. That wouldn't have existed if it wouldn't have been for his obedience. That would have starved to death out in the desert, wanting, wishing, waiting for a Savior. So, Dad, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask if you would, would you just kind of bow your heads for me. Close your eyes as we're going to wrap up today. Listen, I have no doubt in my life, in my mind, that, that there's some of you here that have experienced, man, you've, you've gone through some stuff. You have got, if, you know, if you had a book, you could write it, boy. You could, you could just fill out the pages on all the things that you've walked through and the heartache, the trouble, the financial pain, the relationship pain, the child pain, all, all the things that you, you could write a story about that, you, that you've gone through. But one of the things that I love about God so much is that He takes all of us that are spread all over the place and He says, listen, I, I know what you've been through, but there's a promise on the other side of it if you'll hold on. There's life on the other side of it if you just hold on. And it's not just for you, but it's for your children. It's for your grandchildren. It's for your family. It's for your nieces and your nephews. It's for your neighbors down your street. 
It's for the people that you work for. It's for the people that you work with. It, it, it's for all of them, Father. Listen, if you could understand today that your story is so important. Your story is, is a testimony to who you are. But what we need to do if you haven't done this yet is take the opportunity to turn it over to Jesus. So today, if you're in this place with your, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, and you say, you know, today, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm turning all that stuff over. I, I want to have new life through Christ. I want to have a new life through Jesus. Listen, nobody's looking around, and we've all been here. We've all said this. Listen, if you would, just raise your hand and say, today's my day. I, I want to come to Christ. See that. And listen, if you're here today and maybe you've, you've come to Christ, maybe you've said that prayer, but so often you're looking at the down times and, and, and all the hard things you go through through the wrong lens. You say, God, I need a right lens. I need a, a correction of my vision. I need to be able to see things through your eyes. And if that's the case, li listen, lift your hands today as well because we're going to pray that God can give us some fresh vision today, some fresh vision Listen, it's 2020, and, and I know some of you, you, want, you wish you had 2020 vision. That's what we're going to pray for today. We're going to pray for some corrected vision this morning. But listen, first, for those who raise their hand for salvation, it's so easy. Just take the opportunity and, and pray this prayer. You say, say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Lord, help me release my past and help me follow after you. Jesus, I cling to your promises. And listen, today, if you said that, if that was your prayer, I would love for you to take the opportunity to, on that connection card to fill that out today because if it is, we, we want to stand with you and we want to walk with you. This is, this, this is not an experience where we meet on Sundays and we just say, we'll see you again next week. But no, 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 we are family here. We are sons and daughters of God, so we want to stand together with you. And listen, if you raised your hand today because you need fresh vision, Lord, let's just take the opportunity here to turn it over to God. Pray with me. Say, say, Heavenly Father, Lord, help me to have fresh vision. Help me to see the things that you see. Help me not to be bitter, but let me be better. Help me to be more like you every day through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me walk and follow after you. Today, if that's your prayer, just say, Father God, we just thank you so much, Lord. Lord, for everything that you're doing through your people, Father God. Lord, we're, we're so thankful, we're so grateful for another day when we get to come into this place to worship you and to lift up holy hands, Father God. Lord, right now we pray for your sons and your daughters that are in this house today, Father God, that you will be able to speak peace in turmoil situations, Father God. Lord God, where, where there is health issues, Father God, Lord, that you will speak healing into those lives, Father God. Well, Lord, where there's marriage and relationships issues, Father God, whether it's with spouses or, or, or sons and daughters, Father, Lord God, that you will speak peace into those situations and wisdom, Father God. Lord God, we thank you, Father God. We cry out to you today, Lord God, and ask, Lord God, that you will be with your people, Father. 
Lord God, help us understand that there is a purpose to the pain, Father God, and that in the end of it, Father, Lord, we're going to have a story to tell that is going to change the life of someone around us, Father God, that somebody is going to get to experience salvation. They're going to get to experience eternity because of the pain that I went through, Father. Lord, we thank you. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you sing this chorus with us here as we get ready to close today?